The job. The stress. We are, there is an active shooter working at Douglas. Multiple gunshots are being fired. Politics. Politics. Pressure. Pressure. Get out of here. We got a guy with a long rifle. We don't know where the hell he's at. Fear. Survival. Control 765, I need the radio for a minute. Be advised, we are taking fire from a very high floor. We believe it's possibly coming from the Mandalay Bay. And we get it. And we have to do better. The truth behind the badge. Presented by the Team South Florida Law Enforcement Charity. All right, good evening. This is Rich from Team South Florida. It is Monday, June 15th, and we have another episode. Tonight I am joined by 108, and for those who are unfamiliar, you can find them on Instagram, and they have pretty pretty crazy page. It's a meme page basically, but there's a lot of material. At times it's funny, at times it's serious. And quite frankly, it's pretty much exactly what we need these days in the profession. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. Right off the bat, how do people find you? What's the the direct link? So I'm on I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. On Instagram, it's um, ten eight spelled out T E N E I G H T underscore memes M E M E S. And then on Facebook, it should just be ten space eight space memes. Um, I don't update that as frequently um, due to the current kind of climate of pop culture and everything. I kind of stride away from Facebook. Um, and I've just been on Instagram doing, uh, doing the page. Completely understandable. So I remember not too long ago, you were kind of excited about approaching 10,000 followers on the page. And then I blinked and you went way <laughs> past 10,000. Yeah, it, it happened way faster than I expected. Um, I started the page last or this past October, totally on a whim. Um, basically, I had made, I've been making memes since I was in the academy six years ago and just goofing around with people around me and sending them things to, you know, just joke around. And uh, I had made a meme probably in September or August and uh, I had just sent it to my buddies. I didn't even post it online on my personal accounts or anything. And um, one day I'm on Facebook and I see that one of these social media cops had shared it. And I got a million likes and followers and whatever. And I messaged him. I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. But, you know, I'm the author of this meme. Can you, like, give me a shout out or something? And, and nothing. I was like, well, you know, that's not cool. So I decided to make the page post that and then it's just been a it's been a snowball effect ever since. Yeah, it's funny you say that. We see that from time to time. It's you end up sending something to a buddy or posting something and next thing you know you see the exact same thing someplace else. Right. Yeah. It's I mean, don't when I started it was cool, you know, every once in a while I like I send it to like five guys and before you know it, you know, a squad across town is posting it and that was cool. But to see a, a national you know, I don't, I don't want to go celebrity, but, you know, a nationally recognized kind of social media figure post. And I was like, whoa, wait a second, how'd this happen? Um, so that was pretty cool. That means, you know, it leaked out somewhere, which is cool. Um, just at that time, I wish I had gotten some credit for it. But. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you far surpassed uh, 10,000. And mm -hmm. what was, was that basically the inspiration behind the page? You know, kind of just take control of it, make your own page. And there you go. Pretty much. Um, yeah, so when I, uh, when I started, 
Um, I had just moved into a brand new apartment. I didn't have my cable set up or my internet. So I was literally just playing on my phone around the clock, basically when I wasn't working. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been making, like I said before, I've been making memes for so long and, uh, I just make memes from work and, you know, just inspired from work. And then I'd post them. And then at some point, I don't even know what, what it was, but something clicked on Instagram and it just kind of kept sharing and going and going and going. And by the time I hit a thousand and 2000 and whatever, it was, it was crazy. And then uh, a couple people were starting to like egg me on and be like, Hey man, you're going to hit 10,000. And I thought it'd be cool to hit the, you know, the K that's a big deal, I guess. And uh, that's just kind of, I made that my goal and I didn't think I'd actually hit it. And then when I did, I'm like, all right, well, you know, I guess we're just going to see how long this goes until I get bored with it or people get bored with it and we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, you talk about work and everything. There was one, I specifically remember, I think you posted about it, and I just had it happen to me earlier this week. <laughs> I, I went into a restaurant, I ordered my food, I literally, as I'm walking out the door with the food in the bag, the alert tone <laughs> goes on the radio, and I'm, I'm almost certain you had a post about something just yeah. like that. Yeah, it was, a, it was a guy holding like a cake box or something, he's like, motherfucker, be like... <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, how many times has that happened that, you know, you finally get your food, it's been a long night, long day, and you finally sit down and then, you know, beep, 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 and I'm like, come on, man, like, I remember there's been times I was sitting in a Taco Bell drive-thru, just got my food, and it was, you know, you know it's a bad night when you got to go drive-thru, and yeah, I'm there, I literally just placed my order, alert tone drops, and I'm like, oh my god, like, how do I go, I can't cut across the line or whatever, I got out went to this armed robbery call, took care of that, then come all the way back to the Taco Bell. I'm like, hey, you still happen to have my food because I had just paid. And luckily they did, which is cool. But it's like, yeah. you know, you get those things all the time, unfortunately. So what would you say has been either – I'll give you two questions here. What's one of your most popular posts in general? And what has been one of the posts that you've personally been able to relate to the most? Um, so – you brought that up earlier um, when we were talking before this and you said about, you know, what it was. So I had to look up what my, like what my most popular posts were. Um, I had made a, like a meme for police wives. Um, I'm not married. So I had to ask my buddy's wife who is a police wife. I'm like, you know, I'd like to get them involved in my content, but I don't, I don't know what the first thing that they would be interested in. So she was like, you know, how about, you know, what, what badge bunnies think and what police wives think. And it's like, Oh, that'd be pretty good. So I made a meme and it has got like, Barney Fife, or no, it had like uh, Channing Tatum in a police uniform. I was like, that's what Badge Money's thinks. And I got Barney Fife right next to it, like what police wives think. And um, I made that. That was one of my first memes, I think. And um, I posted that, and that, that got a lot of attention. It actually, uh, I looked it up this afternoon. It had like 2,000 likes on it, um, and it far surpassed mine, like my other ones. A um, couple other ones that got pretty popular. Um, Let's see. I posted one of the ones that was like not as funny, but it was kind of more sincere. Um, I w when I made it, I was on a pretty much a rookie squad, but we had one guy who's been there. I don't know. I think Fred Flintstone was his FTO. He's been there forever. And, um, but you know, you just see through the ranks, like he's ready to retire or he might have retired. Um, but all these guys, you know, they're going detective, they're going to narcotics, they're going to motors and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's pretty cool. I would think from his perspective to see that. So it's a picture of like the Ninja Turtles with Splinter and they start as like babies and then they go older and you just see the transgression. So that one, 
kind of uh, meant a lot to me because, you know, I'm not at that point in my career at all, but just to, I'm sure there are guys out there that as they get to the senior point of their career, like looking back and like, man, I, you know, I remember when that guy was afraid to make a traffic stop and now he's, you know, the deputy chief or whatever it might be. Yeah, no, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, kind of piggybacking off where you, you just left off. That was one of the questions we had for you. Um, somebody asked what the best unit you've been in has been and what unit you would like to work in. So um, right now I'm kind of in like a, the way I joke about it, it's kind of like a, like the junk drawer at my department. Um, whatever they need to get done, they give to us. Um, a little bit of narcotics, a little bit of street crimes, a little bit of code enforcement, you know, just a little bit of everything. Um, so that's a lot of fun just because it's always different. You don't know what you're walking into every day. But, um, and I'm also part of the crime scene unit in which, you know, you see everything there. But I think patrol, I mean, right now, because it's just so diversified, you see everything. Um, and if you have the right mindset, patrol can be a blast. Um, not to say, you know, the other ones aren't a blast. I enjoy them completely. Um, but I think up to this point, just patrol, because I've seen so much and I've done so much within patrol, really, especially the squads that I've been part of on patrol, they, I mean, that's what makes it. I mean, you can, you can do all this cool stuff, but if you don't have a, a group of guys and girls on your squad to keep you going and, and have a really nice family atmosphere, um, that's really what makes the unit and the squad what you want it to be. And I've, I've been lucky enough. I've had a really, I, I would say like in the last two, three years, I've had, I've been blessed with really good squad mates um, that literally have turned into a second family for me. And as far as units that I wish to join or, or dream to join uh, my unit right now is, is a very nice stepping stone. Um, if I wanted to go into further narcotics, like uh, like higher end narcotic investigations, that's definitely one of them, um, or just CID detective in general is kind of where I, I foresee my future going. Yeah, I think the unit that you're in, I think most police departments have that type of unit. And I think the, the junk drawer is the perfect description because I have a good friend that's in the unit like that where I work. And it's literally to a T what you just described is what he does. Detectives mm -hmm. need to pick up a guy, they go to them. Narcotics needs to follow up on something, but it's not that major for them so they go to them yeah, patrol needs yeah. extra patrol in this area because of crime here they go to, it's it's probably a great place to be yeah absolutely i mean i was just talking to my buddy he's a he's a detective we started the exact same time we were in the same uh, training class and he's in uh cid right now and we were talking about my unit and i'm like man i've written search warrants i've done you know stakeouts i've done this i've done that but i'm not pigeonholed either where I'm only doing property crimes. I'm only doing, you know, narcotics buys. I'm only, you know what I mean? It's just so diversified. And I think if you can find a, a unit like that, um, I mean, patrol is good. If you have a really good proactive patrol supervisor, they can definitely help you get into stuff like that. But if you're, you, if your department has anything like that, um, it's, it's great because you really become like a Swiss army knife of a police officer. You're just like, Hey, what do you need? Cause I got it. You know, you need a search warrant. I can write that. You need me to do an undercover buy. I can do that too. It's, it's, it's really good to diversify your, uh, your toolbox. Of, we kind of quote it. Yeah, no, absolutely. What would be your career choice if you did not end up in law enforcement? Mm, you probably so, wouldn't have that meme page. No, I, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't, I, 
I'd have a much more different meme content, I guess. Um, I don't know. I So I became a cop because a bunch of things fell through in, in a row. And I was just, I literally, I was going to go to a school that had a police department, but I couldn't afford to go to the school. So I was like, well, if I become a certified police officer, I can go to that school for free. And all that didn't even happen. It went a different route from there. Um, but at that time, I was looking to go to school for um, like foreign relations to maybe become an ambassador or something like that. I don't know if I would have followed through with that completely, um, but that was the path that I was going towards. Um, so either that, probably some kind of teaching aspect. Um, I, was, I was a teaching major at one point. So probably something like that. If not like some other form of public service, then probably education or something. You know, it's funny. You hear a lot of that. You hear uh, teachers become police officers, police officers become teachers. They seem to go hand in hand. Yeah, for sure. I think um, what kind of spoiled it for me, I mean, when I was in high school, it was kind of like in the back of my mind, like, oh, I could teach. And then I sat and did my first bit of student teaching. I was like, nah, this isn't for me. It's just I think the society has changed so much in the time that I was in high school to the time that I wanted to teach high school. And it's just like someone, um, I posted something on my story in a, a couple of days ago about uh, reading a certain book and uh, that I was assigned to in school. And they were like, oh, well, that's when schools taught you to, t to learn, not to pass a test. And I think that's exactly why I wanted to shy away from teaching is that I like teaching. I like telling people things and have them absorb knowledge and now it's just like all right well how can i pass this test and i'm not i'm not into that yeah no definitely uh very important question that came in especially with everything going on these days what is your favorite thing to do after work do you have a routine do you de-stress do you have something you do yeah um honestly most days especially like the stress days i'll sit down i'll either pop on netflix or hulu or whatever i'm binging at the moment, which I don't really binge. It's, that's usually like an episode and a half before I go to sleep. Um, or I'll turn on the PlayStation and I don't even game all that much. I've had the same game for like two years, but it's literally, there's no problem solving in it. There's no critical thing. And it's literally just sit here. Let me zone out for a few hours or an hour or whatever it might be. And I just play for a little bit. And then, then I go to bed and it's just enough for me to like kind of turn the mind off. Um, if I know I don't have to work in the morning, um, which I work a lot, but if I know I'm not working in the morning, I'll, you know, sit outside. I'll, I may have a drink. I'll listen to music, just sit, think, read, um, just stuff to de-stress. Just, you know, I don't really want to think about work. I'm not one of these guys that comes home and watches, you know, well, can't watch live PD anymore apparently, but I don't do yeah. that. I don't, I don't watch Southland or something, but, um, you know, just whatever I can do to kind of deconnect from, uh, from work for a little while. Yeah. Excellent advice. You know, I'm laughing. I just decided to look at the page and you got a, you got one from uh, Vic DiBetetto and I saw him when he was in Boca here mm -hmm. in Palm Beach County. Yeah. And that guy is absolutely hilarious. He's a big time law enforcement supporter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the meme you made, it says the face you make when you pull drugs out of this guy's pants and he says they aren't his pants. That happens yes. to each and every one of us. We've all had oh, yeah. that happen. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. And that's, that's him to a T. Yep. I had a training officer. He's the one that introduced me. Well, I didn't meet him, but he, you know, he showed me his content and it's just hilarious. I'm from uh, New Jersey. So, you know, his comedy and, you know, things just like that, you know, it just relates to me just 
listening to him talk, I feel like I'm hearing my, my uncle's talk. Um, so, you know, it's just, and then, you know, when he flies off to the handle, it's just, it's just perfect. And then him, and I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but there's a guy, Fred Rubino, he's similar, you know, Italian American comic, just hilarious. And it's just, it's, it's good stuff. It's, it's not, you know, it's not shock comedy. It's not trying to like scare you or spoof you or whatever, but it is good stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, there's another one on here. First time in a thousand citations, a trooper catches an actual bad guy. Now it's funny and we've got some great contacts with FHP. So I just have to ask, have you had any, any negative pushback? Have you had any haters? Um, not really. Um, I've had, if anything is, it's all just teasing. I mean, obviously that means teasing and then they'll tease back. Um, a lot of, you know, the trooper memes I make, I, you know, I have, I'm a city cop, so I don't really interact with the troopers all that much, but I have a few that I went to the academy with that became troopers or whatever. So I just kind of like listen to their stories. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll make a joke out of that or whatever. And, you know, all these different uh, law enforcement, social networking sites that I've been a part of, you know, just, just nice fun. I haven't had like a real negative response to my content. I've had a few in the past that have been like, eh, that's, that's, that might be a far reach or that might be a little too much, but um, it definitely hasn't been to the point of like haters or anything like that. Unless you get, you know, the cop blockers that go uh, hashtag surfing and they find the law enforcement ones and they want to be big guys and they start, you know, rattling off this negative energy or whatever. Like it's, which it just doesn't get, I don't get it. It's like going to like, uh, I don't know, a butcher shop and preaching vegetarianism. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Spot on. We've, we've had the exact same thing. As a matter of fact, we just, one of our, uh, our volunteers was telling me about something earlier tonight with Facebook and they were dealing with a little bit of a headache. Mm. Exactly like you just described. Um, kind of along the same lines, but different. Generally speaking, not agency specific for you, mm-hmm. but just generally speaking, do you have any thoughts on views from administration, any social media risks uh, for law enforcement? Maybe somebody's listening and they're thinking about doing something similar. You want to pass on some words to? Um, yeah, that's, that's a good one. You got to be careful with your content. Um, you know, you definitely don't want, definitely don't want to start, rattling off things about your administration, your department specifically. I've always said that the broader the, the topic, the more funny it's going to be anyway, because more people will understand it. Um, you know, that's why I don't like putting 10 codes or things like that in my material because it's, you know, people will be like, I don't get it. Um, but that's, you know, even besides that, you know, you don't want to start being like, Oh, well, when your chief does this, you know, you, then, then you're risking the moment someone, you know, breaks your anonymity, so to speak, then you, you know, your chief's going to look at you like, why are you, why are you saying this? You know, is it, you know, you're not our PIO, you're not the public information officer, you're, you know, then you're kind of setting yourself up to get jammed up. Um, and I know there, I know that there's meme pages out there that that's their thing. That's their stick. They like kind of pushing that boundary and Hey, if you want to do it, that's for you. But, you know, you don't want to be like one of these social media cops that get called to the mat and then it's a meme page or your job. That's a, that's a very silly and dangerous risk to put yourself into. I mean, if you're, Hey, if you're looking for an out and that's it, that's on you. 
But if you generally and genuinely enjoy your profession, don't, don't risk it. Not over something silly like the internet. Yeah, I would say a rule of thumb that our organization subscribes to, and we have different contributors with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I primarily do the podcast, but, uh, and then we have YouTube. The rule of thumb is if you're not comfortable with whatever you put out in front of the chief or professional standards or internal affairs, you probably mm-hmm. shouldn't put it out. That's right. kind of what we go with. Yeah. And I mean, you know, unfortunately, not even in the current climate, just generally, um, just the society we live in, very social media based, you know, is don't, I mean, to, to kind of go off what you're saying, don't post anything that you're not comfortable with making national news, really. I mean, it's very simple for one of these memes to go into those hands. I mean, I made a joke, I posted something um, around Memorial Day, I think it was on Memorial Day, and I tried to get Tommy Laren uh, to comment on it. It didn't go, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it's a joke, it's silly, but you never know where it's going to go. Um, and, you know, something that my administration has kind of told us is, like, as a cop, you know, your First Amendment is kind of iffy. You're, you know, you're a public figure, Um you got you to be careful because there was a, a case, I don't know the specifics, so I don't want to go too far with it, but where someone's social media posts was brought up in an IA totally unrelated to the social media post, but it was like, well, you posted this on your social media two days before this incident happened, and is was this premeditated? So it's like, you definitely don't want to go down that way. That's a bad rabbit hole to go down. Oh, yeah. No, we see it come come up time and time again and especially in this climate where where there's no there's no way to sugarcoat it we're under attack yeah so it is what it is i guess i mean we got we got you know we get scrutinized for everything we do on the job and now we got to worry about what we're getting scrutinized off duty it's not fair it's not fair but it's something that you can easily protect yourself from if you're just smart with your decisions though at least at least the off-duty part you know, posting things on the internet. I mean, that's, that's pretty easy to mitigate. Yeah, I agree. I know my thoughts on this, but uh, we'll see if you say something similar, just a uh, police officer to police officer. Somebody asked about thoughts on body cameras. So I've had a body camera since I went 10, eight. Um, and I've yet to see a problem with it. Um, there, there's no reason to fear a body camera. If, if, Again, if you're not if you're doing something that you wouldn't be comfortable the chief looking over your shoulder and doing, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Um, from an investigative st- standpoint, I've went back writing my incident report on a case, viewing my body camera, and catching things I had missed on scene that I ended up using for probable cause and got better results through the prosecution because of the body camera that I would have forgotten if I hadn't rewatched my camera. Um, you know, especially for like a DUI, if you need to watch it to be like, Oh yeah, he missed step one through seven and this and that it's, it's a great investigative tool that I think a lot of people don't even think of. Um, and then of course, you know, going back to process, you know, when you go to court and things like that, it's a tool. Um, I've also used it like watching game film, like, Hey, how could I have done this stop better? What did I miss here? You know, there's been times when I've watched new traffic stops. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't watch that guy's hand. Like 
that could have been really bad. Um, and you know, I don't fear body camera. There's been times when my body camera has been broken that, you know, maybe that I wasn't wearing it. And I was like, ah, I really wish I had a camera right now because it could have, could have been a nice safety net in case things went sideways. So I know a lot of guys are now going to be getting body cameras and they're like, ah, this is terrible. It's an infringement on whatever. It's not, I don't, I definitely don't see it as the end of the world. And I keep, I keep crossing my fingers and hoping we'll get to a point where we go to court and you raise your right hand, you swear to tell the truth, and then you say, here's my evidence, you press play, and then you say any questions. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I mean, if you have, for example, a DUI and a traffic stop and the body camera captures everything, it would be nice just to press play and be done. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had one – I have a tra- uh, case It's kind of uh, – still going on so i can't talk too much about it but it's a dui and i mean the guy was he, he was not nice to us to to put it nicely and i'm just that's exactly what i want to do when, when this goes to trial or suppression or whichever i'm like there you go what, what more do you want <laughs> can i can i get my three hours of overtime please i gotta go back to sleep yeah exactly um i i'm pretty adamant about them i i think that they just do more more good than bad I oh think yeah people, for sure people were initially reluctant and everything but they just if you know how to use them and you let them help you right golden just and you know i tell a lot of the the guys coming right up like the newer guys like hey if you're worried about something just review the policy like hey you don't want to catch in a personal conversation that's fine read the policy it tells you when you can turn your camera off like it's not that big of a deal um or you know just wait till we're back at the station and then you can then you can you know cut in on something stupid you know what i mean but that's that's just minor stuff and if you get jammed up over just making a joke between buddies because your camera was left on for a little too long i think that's silly too yeah uh, another work related question was does your agency allow outer vest carriers and do you have any thoughts on them uh, my current unit does because but that's because we're just a plain clothes unit and uh and we can wear outer vest carriers um they the union was talking about going outer vest carriers but it's something that our we're working on, we're not there yet. We do have, um, what is it called? Not like the, the load, load bearing vests, but it's just like, um, it looks like the uniform shirt, but it's your vests and it goes over. Maybe that is an our vest carrier. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, so we do have that. That was the newest thing, but I mean, that, I mean, it's Florida. It's still polyester. It's still really hot. Um, but they're, they're working on it. They're working to make it to it. So that way you don't have to wear the belt. You can actually just wear the stuff on your vest, which, you know, my hips have been bad. <laughs> I'm, I only have six years, five years in and my hips are already screaming at me. So just to have the stuff off of my uh, hips has been tremendous. Yeah. Double, double that time and your back, your hips, your legs, your head, your oh, neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, our chiropractor loves it. I, I don't, but my chiropractor loves it. Yeah, exactly. I like the page. I love the page and I don't want to, I don't want to not talk about it. I don't want to go too much in depth about it, but I just want to say I, I'm, I'm at a point right now where I'm just, I think a lot of us are just incredibly frustrated with what's going on. I feel absolutely mm-hmm. horrible with what took place in Atlanta and yeah. what those officers are dealing with, mm-hmm. especially, especially the officers that had nothing to do with the incident. Mm-hmm. It's just mind-boggling. So I'm appreciative of pages like yours because when you 
you scroll through social media, you turn on the news, you turn on the TV, you go to work, and this is all we're getting inundated yeah. with. It's, it's yeah. almost to the point where it's not healthy. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So it's, uh, it's nice to have something where you can kind of laugh a little bit once in a while. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, and it's, you know, I got caught up in it too. I don't even have TV like cable or anything, but you know, I, my Facebook was inundated. Instagram is inundated with it going to work. That's all we're talking about. And it, you know, so I get caught up in it, especially like, you know, just working out in the gym, my mind's just going and I'm like, Oh, and I got to write something real quick on the, on the post. Cause I just got to get my mind, you know, whatever. I'm really bad at journalism or journaling, but really good at posting on my story. But, um, yeah, but then I hit a point where I'm like, all right, I'm done. Like it's doing nothing but frustrating me. It's obviously not fixing anything by me posting these things. So I just kind of like put a, put a hard stop on it and went back to just posting normal work memes, which was hard. It was hard during Corona because that's all we were thinking about. Now you got the Minneapolis thing. That was all we were thinking about. Now you got Atlanta. That's all we're thinking about. But, you know, we still got to strap up and, you know, there's still domestics going on. There's still things getting stolen. You know, we got to, we got to put our boots on the same way we always have and, and go to work. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, um, you know, I just try to get back to focusing on what I do just because I know I got so many messages from people across the country, you know, being like, you know, it really, it helps coming dealing with all these protesters and rioters and everything coming here. And, you know, you're making a joke about a trooper or you're making a joke about a civil call. That's, that's nonsense. Like it, it, it's a good decompression tool. And, you know, I didn't start this page to be that kind of sort, um, uh, that kind of option for people. But the fact that it is, that's, that's kind of the thing that keeps me doing this. Cause you know, I can go back to just sending my buddies my memes, you know, and just making them laugh. But to have that opportunity to help people out, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I'll tell you, we, we got a message this afternoon at 1.30. I just pulled it up. Somebody sent us a message saying, I just came across your page. We are also in South Florida, and we have had absolutely nothing but amazing interactions with law enforcement. In fact, my five-year-old son is obsessed with law enforcement based <laughs> on the positive police interactions he's had. Everybody's always generous. Thank you for spreading the love and positivity. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's it's things like that. So I'd yeah, say sure. I'd say between the the positive messages like that, the positive support that we know it's out there, it's just we're not seeing enough of it. Well, you know, just to to count, not really counter that, but I've noticed especially now. Um I was in I was still in the academy when the whole Ferguson thing was going on, so I can only speak for now. Um every night when my squad goes out to dinner or lunch or whatever it might be, people come up to our table, come up to us in line and whatever. And they thank us for our service. They're, you know, hoping we're staying safe, hope, you know, asking if we need anything, whatever. So it's there. The support's definitely there, but the problem is, and not to get on my soapbox, but this, the, the mainstream media and just what the corporations are feeding us is all the negativity because that's, what's going to sell the ratings and that's, what's going to sell their commercials. So, you know, no one likes a feel good story. I mean, they do, but they don't like it as much as all the nastiness that's going on in the world. So at least as far as what we're going to watch every day. Um, so it's definitely there. It's just, unfortunately it's been drowned out by all the nonsense. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think the, I think the minority that opposes us is just loud. And I think the majority that support us are just getting drowned out. They're, they're loud and they're amplified. I think that's the problem. Correct. 
And then the other issue, and again, we could do a whole episode on this, but the other issue is going to be leadership. And we've said this and we've seen this for years. Mm. And what made me think about it is when you mentioned Ferguson, I just, mm. I just got done reading a book and I highly suggest that there's, I don't, I don't endorse that much, that many products out here, but Emotional Survival uh, by Kevin Gilmartin's one. Mm-hmm. And then this book is called The Courageous Police Leader, A Survival Guide for Combating Cowards and Chaos. Mm-hmm. It's by Travis Yates. Absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal book. And he basically begins by talking about the Ferguson situation. And one of the initiatives that we have as an organization is officers, when they find themselves in a rough spot and they just need a vent or talk a little bit or maybe get some counseling or some help, we don't need to know your name. We don't need to know your agency. But I, I got to tell you, whether it's a small agency or a large agency, whether you're in Florida, you're out of Florida, it's, it's abundantly clear it's a leadership issue that mm-hmm. is affecting morale and destroying so many of us, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, you can go from the chief all the way down to, to sergeant. I mean or whatever your, your first line supervisor is going to be, because, you know, if, it, if you're going to get jammed up on paper, you know, you're going to get put on paper for some minor thing. Why am I going to risk my neck to do something good for you or, or go above and beyond? And then you can amplify that all the way to what's currently going on. And I absolutely agree with you that if you have poor leadership review of weak leadership that doesn't have your back, that's, that's terrible. You know, you want to go out, and, and strap up and, and go in service every night knowing that, Hey, whatever I'm going about, what I'm about to do, you know, as long as I stay by the law and my policies, then my organization is going to have my back. If you, if you question that for a second, that's a big problem. Yeah, and, and you see, you see the difference between uh, directors, sheriffs, chiefs, even I, I would take it a step further. And I would even say, you know, captains, majors, lieutenants, sergeants, when you when you have solid leadership that back the troops, it makes mm-hmm. a world of a difference. Oh, for sure. And and you know, I'm sure, you know, everyone listening in law enforcement has had supervisors that they would freaking take a bullet for and guys that they would just be like, Hey, <laughs> sorry, I can't help you out, Sarge. You know what I mean? I mean, they will obviously because they have to, but you know, it's totally different. Like, who do you want in that foxhole with you? You know, and it's I could easily rattle off, you know each sergeant I've worked with and tell you where I want them. And yeah, absolutely. You're hundred percent right. All right. So in closing, before we wrap this up, I want to give you an opportunity just to uh, take the floor. If you got anything to say, anything you want to share, any words of wisdom, um, maybe for people that are still thinking about the profession or people that are in the profession, not to get discouraged. And then, yeah. uh, and then pl- plug your, uh, your social media one more time. Okay, we'll do. Um, yeah, if anyone is on the fence about law enforcement, this is a really hard time to really focus and be like, hey, is, is this really what I want to do? Um, but, you know, it, it comes down to it's a calling. Um, it's kind of cheesy to put it that way, kind of hokey. Um, but, you know, I've, kinda, I've made some posts. And I've had some discussions with people. You know, you need to make that decision. If uh, you, you can't go out there and worry what the public's thinking, um, because it's, we're, you know, we're not Superman, you know, not everyone's going to love us. We're, we're out here doing a very difficult job, making difficult decisions. We see people at the absolute worst moments of their life every single day, every single call. 
Um, people don't call the cops and invite them to the barbecue. They invite them, they call them because they need them to, to help and save them. Um, so you can't go into it thinking, oh, it's all about parades and social media and, you know, get my face on the paper. That's not what it's about. Um, you got to be ready to make the tough decisions. But if you're, if you're okay with working hard and you're okay with, you know, grinding and, and you know, putting all that behind you and, and doing what you know you want to do, this is the job. This is it. I mean, this is, I joke around and I tell people that this is the backstage pass of life. You see things that you're not supposed to see. A normal person is not supposed to see the things we see. It's really cool. It's really fun. It can be a little scary, but it's, it's a great job. It's the best decision I've made in my life to make this, to make this path my own. And uh, I definitely encourage everyone to at least if you're on the fence, go on a ride along. And then from, cause that was what made it for me. I was in the Academy, went on my first ride along and I was like, this is what I want. Do that. And the, the entire, if, if you're on the fence and the world will just open up to you or, you know, you'll realize that, you know what, this isn't for me and which is fine. And you can go serve, you know, your life in a different way, which is perfectly fine. Not to cut you off, but that's exactly what happened to me. I did one ride along when I was in college and I was hooked. And I always mm -hmm. tell people a ride along will either make or break that decision. Absolutely. And if, and if you, you know, if you go on one and you're like, ah, maybe, but definitely not that place. All right, go to somewhere else and you'll find the one. And when it clicks, it clicks. Exactly. All right. And then, uh, do you want to give a plug one more time? Yeah, sure. Um, 10, eight memes is the Instagram page. It's uh, T E N E I G H T underscore M E M E S. There's a lot of different ways that you can spell 108 and there's a bunch of different pages for it too, but mine's spelled out. It's got the underscore. Facebook's also 108 memes all spaced. Um, you can check out my bio. I've got a store. We've got shirts, stickers, magnets coming up and a bunch of other cool stuff. If you just want some kind of hokey police related stuff to share with your buddies. Um, and I'll just keep making content as long as you guys still like it. Awesome. Well, it was a pleasure having you on and thank you for taking the time and joining us. You are welcome Absolutely. anytime. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All right. All right. Well, stay safe out there. And in our traditional closing, how we wrap things up with each episode is we make it a point to mean it when we say we will never forget and we honor our fallen. So it's June 15th doing some research. There were actually three Florida law enforcement officers that were killed in the line of duty on June 15th. So going back to 1901, Jefferson County Sheriff's Deputy William Dawkins tragically shot and killed after he entered a house and located an escaped convict. The suspect shot Deputy Dawkins in the stomach with a double barrel shotgun. The suspect was convicted and shot and killed just over one month later when he attempted to escape from the county jail. Deputy Dawkins was survived by his wife and six children. And then... Just over 20 years later, June 15, 1923, Homestead Police Town Marshal Charles Bryant shot and killed during a struggle with the suspect after the two fell down a staircase. Unfortunately, there was very minimal information uh, on that incident and on uh, Town Marshal Bryant. And then a little bit more recent, June 15, 1980, Gainesville Police Officer Shannon Stevenson shot and killed after responding to reports of officers under fire. Also, not much information on the incident. Survived by his wife and one-year-old daughter. And in closing, 
I would absolutely be remiss if I didn't make a, a mention offering our thoughts and prayers to Florida Fish and Wildlife family, Officer Julian Keene, who was tragically shot and killed over the weekend while intervening in an incident, and our, our thoughts and prayers.